hello, 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 and welcome to Navigating Pre-Teen Ministry. It's Sam being here, as always, and I am excited that you have decided to listen to me today. Now, today, you might guess, honestly, on the trend that I've been, we're talking about volunteers. Uh, like I say always, this podcast is about what I'm learning and growing in at the moment, and currently, volunteers is a huge thing. You'll see why in a little bit, but I'll get there. So today, we're talking about volunteers, but I wanted to talk about the type of volunteers you need on your team in a preteen ministry, the type of people that you want for your team in a preteen ministry. I've got four of them today. We're going to jump right in. But first, I wanted to give a shout out today. This goes to the I Love Kidman community on Facebook, guys. I can't stress enough how immensely helpful it's been for me um, and how much uh, it can help you as well. I will have the link down below for that. It's just, it's literally, there's no no gimmicks, no anything. It's just a Facebook page where us as pastors are sharing our knowledge. Now, most of you guys might be in it, but if you're not, go and join it. And if you're in it, get some people in it. I'll uh, actually advise which volunteers later should, uh, should also jump into this community. But it's the I Love Kidman community on Facebook, and it's super great, and you will love it as well. Now, today... For story time, we are jumping into three services now. Some of you guys may have just debuted your service coming back for Easter. Maybe you got to meet for the first time since COVID in over a year. That is awesome. I am so excited for you. For us, we are debuting our third service this Sunday. Um, We started out with two. Um, We're moving to three as we have to social distance and keep everything separated still. We are growing and people are coming back and so we need more space and so we've opened up our third service. We we had three services before COVID and so we are just going back to that routine now, getting into the swing of things. Uh, And I just wanted to give encouragement to you guys, whether you're starting, maybe you're opening up another service, maybe you uh, haven't had services yet or whatever, but God will provide in those instances. Um, Anxiety and stress really took a hold of me when I first learned about six weeks ago that we would be doing this. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even have enough volunteers for now. How's this going to work? How am I going to make people come to 8 a.m.? Like, that's crazy. But nonetheless, it worked out. Could use a few more volunteers here and there. Of course, we always could, but I have people there and their spots ready to serve, and it is awesome. So wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, new new services, no services, wherever you're at, God's still working, and he will work things for your good. So trust in him. Let him guide you. So jumping into the meat of the podcast today, we are talking about the types of volunteers you need on your team. Here's the reality. We all need volunteers. Preteens are a handful. They're a lot. We want volunteers. If we can have a one-to-one volunteer ratio, that wouldn't be enough at this point. Yeah, preteens are buck wild. Kids are buck wild. Anyway, all of them, all of the above, we need volunteers. This is my point. Anyway, got distracted. Sorry, but we need volunteers. The question is, what do we want in our team? What are we looking for? Who do we want? The the reality is we can have a very lopsided ministry uh, that could end up hurting our effectiveness, creating... uh, like a, a high-energy ministry with no depth, if we're not careful, or, or we could have an extremely you know, Bible-focused ministry with, with no fun or energy or anything like that. Um, the, the truth is we will seek out and attract volunteers that are more similar to us than not. If we're not careful, we'll end up with a whole ministry of us. 
a whole ministry of people just like us who act and think and, and, and all of that. We, we, we tend to do that. Uh, I'll go into some of that later, but, but it's just easier. It's more natural for us to approach um, and, and relate and connect with those people. And so we, we can end up with a very lopsided ministry, and, and we don't want that because it has no diversity. We're not going to reach all the kids. We're not going to give them the love and the care that they need. If there are 40 Samuel Beams in there, it might be buck wild, but everything's going to be forgotten. No one's going to know what they're doing. Like, it's just going to be chaos. It would be bad. So we don't want that. We want diversity. So I wanted to jump into the four volunteers that you want to make sure. Uh, think through your team as I'm going through these. Uh, check yourself. See where you're at. And maybe you need to work on getting more volunteers. That's This is this is straight out of my need to do this. Um, so we're jumping right in. Number one is the high energy. The energetic, the loud, the fun, the always jumping, hooping and hollering. They're going to be doing the most during the motions and worship. They're going to be the hypest during the games. These are the people that bring the life of your ministry. These are the people that make your ministry fun. They're, they're engaging. They love hanging out with kids. They're always smiling. They're just enjoyable people. Uh, you're going to find the greatest pool. This is going to be your high school and college kids. So, uh... We allow one ministry separation for serving, right? So if I, we have a junior high ministry and then we have a high school ministry, so high school can come serve in four, five, six. Junior high can come serve in our uh, K through three. So, uh, so I have some high schoolers. In fact, I have a lot of high schoolers. If I'm being honest, I have about 15 high schoolers and college kids, and these guys are the lifeblood of my ministry. Uh, they always bring fun. They're always super engaging with. The kids, um, yeah, they just they they banter, they mess around with each other, they laugh and they have fun. So these leaders are vital. You need these kind of high energy leaders. Uh, they're they're great for leading games on stage. Uh, we have a host position, is what we call it, and they lead the intro games. They get people hyped and ready for the service. They're great for that. They're also great for being in the crowds, hyping the crowds during worship or hyping them during the game, getting them involved and invested. The reality is these leaders are more than just hype men too. They can have a huge impact on a student's life. I think most of us can remember, you know, a time uh, when we were younger and there was that older high school student or older college student who poured into us and it made a difference. Something about that as a kid, that seeing a high school senior or a college freshman or whatever, they have, they'll listen, they're more attentive, they respect, they enjoy, they want to model their life after that person. I remember that person for me. Um, they're just like the coolest people ever. So when we let those leaders pour into our students, they can have a huge impact as well. So the key there is to make sure we're, we're guiding our leaders. I went over that uh, last week with how we can love our volunteers, how you can love your leaders, and have them pour into your students. Now, I wanted to go over the dangers of what happens if we have high concentrations of these. This is my current issue. I have a high concentration of high energy. Like I said, we will bring in the people that we are most close or comfortable to, and that's what we're going to do. And so... High school, college, I'm 22. Like, that's my range. And so bringing in these kids are easy, and it's great, and they're fun, and they're enjoyable. But the danger is, if I have a high concentration of these, I'm going to end up lacking depth. I'm going to end up lacking the depth that I need for these students to really connect. These these high schoolers are great. Some of them are top tier. I would put them in a high class of leaders, but... 
the end of the day, they're still high schoolers. They're still college students. I'm still a college student, for being honest. But um, these leaders, uh, when we have too many of them, they can be uh, not enough depth, uh, too much focus on, you know, fun and parties, because that's fun. Everybody likes to do that. And then another issue we could run into is clicking, right? Clicks. You see the high schoolers especially are really bad about grouping up. And so sometimes having to break them up is important. So if you have a high concentration, you might find it difficult and the, and the high schoolers might end up just hanging out during your preteen ministry or your kids ministry. And you don't want that. So that's the high energy, the people that are hyped. You want a good concentration of those in your ministry. And if you're doing multiple services, you know, spread them out throughout the services. That's important. Number two, the couples. Not not the high school couples, not to be confused there. Not married couples. People that are married together and they're serving together. This might be my favorite. This might be my favorite group of volunteers is when they serve together. I think I have, let me see, one, two, three or four now of these couples that serve together and they bring a lot to the table especially for a group of students they're also usually five minutes late as they wrangle their kids out of the car and try and get them checked in and into service but they are invaluable so first they bring a unique presence uh, a good couple that serves together they could bring fun they could bring energy they could bring intentionality um they can add a different aspect and a different feel to your ministry as they're well they're parents and so they love differently and they they serve differently and so so when they serve serve well they can they they really focus on students um and love them well together as a couple um they and the, and the cool thing is that they get to go home and talk about these kids and and work through how they're going to love them and so when you have these couples that are that are all in and serving well is they they love well, and this is super vital for, for especially for certain groups of kids, right? The ones that don't have necessarily loving parents or parents that pay attention, maybe kids who have separated parents uh, or whatever the case is in the family that just isn't right. These couples are huge. They model true love. They say, "Hey, it might be that not it might not be like this at home, but this is a reality." You can have a good marriage. You can have a good relationship. Here is proof. And these couples often, will they can kind of gravitate towards these kids and provide safety and comfort for students that don't normally get that. And so having these couples is vital. I'm trying to make sure that I have a couple in every single service. I think I'm missing one in my middle. And so I have to recruit one soon um, to be able to provide that for these students because the couples do bring a lot. So Having married couples is vital. The danger of having a high concentration of these volunteers is that your your ministry could turn into to like a I don't know like uh, overcrowded by parents is what could happen and and the students start to get weird and and they know their parents and their moms and so they feel they need to act a certain way because there's like four or five different parents sitting around them and so we don't want to have too high concentration of that because we could it could turn into just like a mommy daddy daycare or uh, rules and rigid and, and the students don't feel comfortable. So um, uh, make sure you are spreading that out. You know, having the fun, energetic people are great to break up all of that and have just some fun in there as well. Now, don't get me wrong as well. All of these are great. Have as many of these volunteers as you can, but make sure your concentration is spread out and even. Now, number three are the vets, the veterans. These are the experience. You know, they've been serving 10, 15, 20 years in ministry. 
in the nicest way. These are your older volunteers. These are the people who have been through it, and they are vital to your ministry. I mean, vital, okay? Because these, these volunteers, they may have even been serving longer than you've been alive. This is at me. This is at me. <laughs> One of the things I ran into as I started is I realized some of these volunteers have been serving for 25 years. I'm 22. They've been serving longer than I've been alive, and they've experienced it all. And chances are, if they've been serving this long, they've walked through the death with a, with a kid, or maybe even the death of a student. They've walked through abuse, school issues, parent issues, everything in between with these kids, and they have seen it all. And they love these preteens. That's why they've been doing it for so long, and they can invest deeply into them, um, caring and, and, and sharing experience, not only with the kids, but with us, with uh, us as leaders, uh, our volunteers, whatever. They can share that experience. So having these leaders, uh, they bring experience, they bring advice, they bring ideas, they bring care and investment into the ministry. They also bring us a similar comfort to the couples. Um, they give care and nurture to these students that might need it, that might need love, that might need just a, a, a older person who, who shows that they care and that gives them something they might lack. And so these veterans are important. And the reality is they're going to be fewer and far between than the first two. Um, it's going to be harder to find these people who are older and still willing to invest, but when you find them, they are valuable. So look for those people and have them in your ministry. The danger of high concentrations of these is obviously your culture be could become stale, low energy, um, not as exciting, and, and the couples and the, and the high energy people will obviously balance that out. It doesn't take much, um, but if you have a bunch of that, you could end up on that road or, or traditional or whatever, um, not able to connect with the students as well on a um, social and societal level. Um, now, granted, their love and their care will always outdo that, so don't neglect these volunteers either. They are vital for your ministry. And last but not least, number four. Now, this is kind of a, a subcategory to these three. This person can be all of these types, one, two, or even three. You know, you can get a... a, a all three of these together, but these volunteers are the invested. These are the, um, the core, I would say. If you were to create an executive team of volunteers, they would be on it. So think about those people in your ministry. These are the volunteers that have a, a God-given calling beyond just serving, but, but to really invest in the ministry. These are, these are the ones you can call on a last minute. Uh, you're, you're sick, your speaker is sick, you need somebody to fill in, you're in a pinch, whatever. These are the people you can rely on. They are heavily invested in the success of your ministry, and they're undertaking tasks that are outside of Sunday morning. They are planning things. They are working on events. They are getting with students and parents outside of a Sunday morning. These people are all in. Um, they, they really help delegate, they help support, they help run your ministry, honestly. Um, they usually bring energy on Sundays, too. Um, they support on Sundays, they give what they need on Sundays, they are able to minister in all of those aspects. They can take charge when you're out, jump into a small group that's needed, whatever. These are the elites, and these probably are the most rare. 
I can think of one right now who I have in my ministry, and I'm working on connecting with a second um, and hoping on building into a third, right? And so I can have one in each of my services is my goal. Um, so I have those in mind. Have those in mind. The invested are not always invested from the start. The one I have, she uh, came to me early on and, and aided and, and helped me transition. And, and you'll see these people usually naturally weed themselves out. But these are also leaders that you can grow, cultivate, and, and uh, push to be in this step. So they're rare and taking care of them is key, okay? Uh, the one I'm working with right now and connecting, she was overburdened to the max. She ended up practically running the ministry at her previous church, and so she is a little burned out right now, and I can see it, and she wants to serve. She loves serving, but I'm taking it slow with her because I don't want her to feel the pressure that she felt, um, uh, but also like give them stuff. If that's their call, if they're called, don't deny it. They could end up feeling like they're not useful or they could end up feeling like they're not doing enough and moving on to other ministries. So make sure that you are caring for them and letting them serve. Um, but these leaders are, are honestly your support and your lifeline. And, and having these leaders is critical. And if anyone has these, they know how important they are. Um, they're the ones that go above and beyond the call of duty each and every week. And so like I said, these leaders are rare. So find them, find these people. And sometimes they'll surprise you who's willing to invest and who's willing to jump in, but find those people. And the danger of having a high concentration of these, which if you do, that would be amazing, honestly. But if you have several of these, um, uh, more dominant leader, um, take charge kind of people, which are great. Uh, but if you have too many of them, there could be uh, disorganization, power struggles, them trying to decide who's in charge, who's making what call. If I step out of the room and something happens and you have three people who think they're in charge, might not end well. Um, so make sure that there are you know boundaries and clear expectations for these leaders and, and having too many of them maybe work on separating them or giving them clear definitions on what they are doing. So let's go over those four again that you will want. You're going to want the high energy, the people that bring the hype. You can find these in high school, in college mostly, but adults as well. There are many adults. Uh, one of my invested is super high energy, brings the life, brings the party each Sunday. So find your high energy. Find your couples. Find the married couples that are going to serve together, that are going to love and nurture on students who need it. Find the vets, the veterans who have been serving for so long and they have seen it all. They will give ideas, they will give love, and they will give care to your ministry. And finally, the invested. Find those who are willing to go above and beyond to help you serve and love on students. So that is it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I really enjoyed it. It was fun to write. It was fun to get to talk about. We're going to talk about more next week. Be sure to be on the lookout for the nugget coming in on Monday. You guys are awesome and I will see y'all next week. Laters.